Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. I hope you're all doing well today. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode, it's television presenter, comedian, writer, artist, and uh, an all-round top fella. It's Ross Lee. Um, I'd never met Ross before, and uh, he, he headed into East London, and we had a, a lovely chat, which you're about to hear. But not before um, I do some thank yous and some shout-outs. So, first things first. Big love to Scribbius Pip and all of my friends at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, go and have a look over there because there is a big bundle of great podcasts for you to listen to there. Um, if you enjoy this podcast and you want some more, firstly, go and have a look in the back catalogue if you've not if you've not done that before because you'll find uh, a great big stack of of pod chats with some some wonderful people, whether they be DJs, actors musicians, producers, go, go and have a look because I'm sure you'll recognise plenty of the uh, the names and faces of the, the, the previous guests. Um, better still, subscribe. Then you won't miss any of them. They'll just pop up on your listening device. And if that's still not enough, then uh, I have a Patreon page. Uh, you can go and support that. And each week I put up a standalone episode, which uh, I don't put out to the, the general public. So by supporting that, you get a, another episode each week uh, just for, for you Patreons. Um, you can find out all about that at uh, offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. And should you still want more podcasts, then let me quickly tell you about Pop Bible. Pod Bible is a uh, print magazine and a digital magazine uh, and uh, quite an interesting damn website um, put together by myself, Scroobius Pip and Adam Richardson. Uh, you can find out uh, all about the podcasts that you love and the ones that you should be loving uh, over at podbiblemag.com. Uh, and as well as that, we have a weekly podcast. It's a short 20-minute podcast uh, hosted by Scroobius, me and Adam. And what you can get from that is like a sort of magazine-style show um, where you'll get all your favourite podcasters will be on there uh, just telling you about their podcast for sort of five, ten minutes. And then they'll also recommend another couple of podcasts that they really enjoy. And we, we get the scissors out and we chop it all up. And so each episode you will get three of your favourite podcasters on there. And uh, yeah, go and check it out. It's something that um, I'm really enjoying doing at the moment, uh, and it seems to be going well. And it's got all of the kind of the biggest names in podcasting have all been really nice and come forward and, and, and recorded episodes with us. So go and have a look at that. 
It's all over at podbiblemag.com. Anyway, that's enough of me telling you about what you should be doing. Um, this is what you should be doing right now, and that's listening to this wonderful podcast with Ross Lee. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we're recording. We are in the WeWork building in East London. And sitting opposite me today is Ross Lee. Ah, Hello. What kind of voice would you like? I've got many. I've got my high, high helium voice. Right. Or I've got me. This is a new one, this. Since I learned to grow a beard, I've got a new voice, which right. is a slow one. Or I've got this one, which is the, the, the normal standard setting. Should we just mix and match? We can go up, we can go down, we can, yeah. We can well, let's, let's, let's kind of um, alternate it as we, uh, as we work through the tracks. Let's alternate it. I like right. it. I like it. I mean, there's no beard today. You're looking clean shaven. Well, the, the beard came off last night, and I'll be honest, I'm not lying. It's the first time I've been able to grow one. Really? I'm 46. As and, am I. Yeah, and the, are you 46 too? I am, it's the yeah. best. How, how are you finding it? I'm, I'm just kind of, in all honesty, starting to kind of, I guess, have grown up thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And like, as, as, as someone that's always tried to avoid getting proper jobs and, yeah. and stuff like that, I've generally found, not that I've got a proper job, but I, I generally find that like, I'm starting to think about, Getting older. Yes. Which I'd never done before. Yeah. Yourself? 
Yeah, I, I've started playing pinball on the PS4. And what I've noticed <laughs> okay. is pinball, there are so many similarities between the pinball game and life. Right. Because when you, it's called draining the ball. It sounds a bit weird, but when you, when you lose the ball in pinball, it's, you've drained the ball. And you could be playing pinball for, for eight minutes, and the way that you drain the ball at the end of those eight minutes is all because of the way you flipped it right at the very beginning. And I've realised that life is like that. What you, the way you flipped your ball two weeks ago is has an outcome. Yeah. And also, so don't drain your balls. That's, that's number one. Okay. Um, secondly, there's another... I've got another um, thing with pinball, but it's completely gone. But it's all, it's all flipping balls, isn't it? But I've realised, just be, just be careful at the age of 46. My bread started to go off. And I've realised I don't want my bread going off any longer. I've got to get to Tesco's. I've got to get to Sainsbury's. I've got to buy the bread. It's about one pound twenty, isn't it? You see all of these adult things that we've got to. I couldn't tell you how much your life of bread costs. No, like... I don't know. And I'm not saying that like I don't know. I don't think I've ever gone out and bought a loaf of bread. I think like it's just part of the big shop, isn't it? Yeah. If you did, what would you buy the seeded batch? Because honestly, it's nice because it gets stuck in your teeth. Sounds horrible, but you're picking no, the seeds no, no, out of your no, teeth for no, ages I, and it's I lovely. I quite like a seedy loaf. Yeah, nice. All right, a bit of tiger bread, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what's changed my life, and I'm not joking. We've not mentioned any music yet, but doesn't this, it doesn't matter, does it? <clears throat> Porridge. the measure of you, I like it. Porridge. Okay. Right, I never used to eat, believe it or not. Can you, yep. can you guess? I think I stunted my growth when I was younger. Right. Because we'll get on to Alice. You're a lean fella. Lean. Yeah. I always thought lean meant muscular, but it doesn't, does it? It's the opposite. I'd say you're, you're slight. Like Bruce Lee. Exactly, mate. I mean, like if, if I was you're made... being generous with yourself there, but yeah, you can have that. If I was made out of pipe cleaners and you knocked me <laughs> onto the floor, I'd be all right. I've often thought I'm so light. I, in fact, the yeah. last time I measured, me, measured myself, the last time I weighed myself, I was seven and a half stone. And people have gone, Ross, that's a little bit underweight. But for me, it's pretty good, to be honest. Really? And if I was to... If something happened and this building shook and I flew out, got blown out of that window, I'd probably just float down. Like and a spider? L- like a spider. Don't yeah. get me onto spiders. Right, OK. Because I believe that my real true ancestors are spiders. You only okay. have to look at my legs yeah. to see that I might be a spider. And I don't want wor- to worry you, but if ever I'm feeling a bit stressed or a bit down or a little bit, uh, like I remember moving into a, a house with a lady once, and it was a mistake. And, and I re- realised on the first night that this was a mistake. And as soon as I start to, to fret, spiders appear. Now, someone said, have you seen a doctor about this? And I said, no. But I, I do believe that the spiders come out to, to comfort me. Yeah. Say, Ross, you don't, don't, don't forget who you are. and right. where you've, you've come from a web. <laughs> and we'll be going back to that web one day. And, uh, and I used to be like, I still am a huge Alice Cooper fan. Yeah. And my favourite Alice Cooper era was 82, 83. And he was very, very thin. He was like thinner than I am. And so I kind of copied that look. So I stopped eating for a while. To emulate Alice Cooper. To, to, I, mean, I, I had a problem with Alice Cooper. Not, I didn't just like him. I, I kind of thought I was him. And I, and, uh, I thought it was going to do me good, for, yeah. you know, for a career and set me up for, for, for future life. Well, yeah, and, but it's, it actually didn't, you know, because uh, the only words that I could emit from this skeletal-type frame were Alice Cooper lines off, off VHSs, which I'd bought for £25 off my friend. 25 quid. But... Um, so I used to watch, so in, in an interview scenario or just out in the real world, everything that was coming out of my mouth was um, Alice Cooper. Right. So people would go, Ross, how are you today? And I'd be like, well, you know, I think, um, well, not in an American accent because that'd be weird, but I would say, well, uh, you know, c- confusion is the biggest art form that there is out there. And, uh, you know, if you're going to chuck a bird out into the audience, it's got wings, you know, you think it's going to fly, but it's not, it's a chicken and its head came off. People would be like, right, okay. But getting me back to the porridge, so I'd have stopped eating so I could talk a lot of rubbish like Alice Cooper. Okay. Like that. 
The last time I met Alice, I had a cod piece on and he looked at me and he looked at his personal assistant and he went, he looks just like I did in 1982. Job done. Job done. Well, that was when he was on heroin and on, a, on his deathbed. Okay, not so good. But anyway, so I've discovered porridge. And um, if you put, like, listen, if you put cashew nuts into the porridge. Maverick strike there. Whoa. You see, I never used to care about food. I didn't care about food. But what I do now... What would, would eat to mm. stay alive? I wouldn't eat. I, I, I knew I was going to be able to stay alive without eating because I just knew that I was... I, I made a, a pact with the universe when I was 11 and I was chucking myself into this bean bag like you do. So I don't want to hurt myself. I don't, I'm not going to chuck myself into a wall. So I chucking myself into a bean bag going, I don't ever want to grow up ever, 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 ever. And do you know what's weird? Go on. My voice never broke. I've really? Never, I've never really grown... What, what do you think? It's quite high, but it's never... It's, it's not a man's voice, is it? No. I mean, you could imagine... People listening at home could imagine, you know, you get an egg and draw eyes on it and put a little, a little mouth on it. I could be a talking egg. I'm actually auditioning now to... I'd I'm, love I'm to... showing my eyes, I can see it. Can you see me as a little egg? Yeah, yeah, a small egg. Or a spider. Yeah. I could be a little spider. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm diverting, or I digress, as they say in the porridge, business. Porridge, porridge. So anyway, we'll get on to music. So I've started putting cashew nuts into my porridge, raisins, golden syrup. raisins, man? Golden I'll throw syrup. raisins in there. I, well, I now feel like I'm on something, and all it is is porridge. Yeah. And I'm sure they used to say at school, you know, you don't need drugs, you don't need this, you don't need that. All you need is a is nice diet and your vitamins and your yeah. fibres and your shreddies and all of that. And your, your digestives with your tea. And I now find that because I've started eating this porridge with cashew nuts, which I've also started putting into stew, I've started making the most amazing stew. Right. I'm a bit bored of it, to be honest. I'll be honest. Okay. I've, I've been making it every day now for eight years. My ex-girlfriend right. showed me how to make stew and it's all I can make is so cut up your onion, put it in a pot, put some... Whatever it is, I don't know what it is. It's like liquid, but it makes I don't know what. I think there's no use for that. I think people are spending three quid on olive olive oil. That's it. Yeah, mate. Just use water. Yeah. I found washing up liquid. Just use water. Anyway, so this stew is quite. I, mean, I should have brought some in. Okay, I would have been all over that. I'll bring some in there. This might not be the end. It might just be the beginning. You never know. You never. You never know. You never know. Here we go. Right Track one. one. Fact one. Track one. Track one. <laughs> I'm a bit... De- no, my mum syringed my ears three years Your ago. Your mum syringed them? Yeah, my mum used to put Alsatian dogs down. Um, and so she... <laughs> no, she did. When she, when she was younger, she... Just Alsatians. Yeah, well, I don't know. She might, have, she might have put other things down as well. But I've always just remembered her putting Alsatians down. But, hey, so she syringed my ears in the kitchen about three years ago. <laughs> but she did it too hard but it felt nice and I'm sat there going I should actually now go mum I don't know whether you should be squirting so hard yeah. and I think she's blown like two or three layers of skin out of my ears but since then I'm like Superman from Superman 2 yeah now I'm alright I've just had a coffee thanks yeah. you see I could hear a woman downstairs just yeah, saying yeah, would you yeah, like did you see yeah. so I can hear apart from I've mistook track for uh, fact so I'm talking... That's right. we can um, pull it back. I want to know, yeah. for track one, the yeah. song with the greatest ever intro, Ross. All right, OK. Do you know, well, I'm sure everyone says this. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to try and pick one. And I was thinking, like, because I'm a massive intro fan. Right. Actually. OK. Because the world, like, you know, life is a cabaret, life is a show. Completely. There's intros going on all the time. There's an intro going on right now. You just can't hear it. Dogs can hear it, but yeah. you can't hear it. But it's an intro to the next bit of whatever today we'll bring. And this is the way I look on life, you say. I've always got an internal song going on in my head. And the, the actual intro that I have picked, even though there's many great intros. I was in bed last night 
And I jumped out of bed, because <coughs> I think it was the stew that I'd had, because I've been having it late as well, like two in the morning, which I don't think is healthy for you. But I jumped out of bed and I went, Guns N' Roses, uh, November Rain. Right. Wow, that was a good one, wasn't it? Do you remember that intro? I do. Do, 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 do. But yeah. I've not picked that one. I've not picked Guns N' Roses. But then I did think absolutely nothing to do with Guns N' Roses, but I was like, live and let die. Mm-hmm. was a great intro, wasn't it? Da-da-da, And Guns N' Roses did that. So that's my brain connecting things yeah. and all that. But the intro that I've gone with is uh, one that I don't know if that many people will know it. Um, the uh, Floor Show from the Rocky Horror Show. Or the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So what scene is that in? What? It's the very end. Uh, well, it's near. To, it's towards the end where <clears throat> the curtains open. You're probably thinking, I wish you'd stop banging the desk as the microphones, <laughs> and it's not. You lost in it, mate. Go with it. <laughs> It was great when it all began. I mean, I won't do the actual. Yeah. I don't want to make people's that, that weren't a bad impression. ears bleed. I can do better yeah. than that. I, I do a great O'Brien. Go on. From, um, <coughs> right, hang on. Then I'll tell you a story about him, shall I? Yes. But, but, the, but I'll tell you, the floor show intro, when I was about 13, 14, I started to nick my sister's makeup and started wearing my, ma- my sister's makeup like trying to be Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then I used to go up into the bathroom <clears throat> and I used to use the shower curtain as, as a theatre curtain. So basically the bath for me was the, the theatre. Yeah. And, and, and that show, the, the floor show song from the Rocky Horror Show in the bathroom is just brilliant because you, your voice is echoey anyway yeah. and, and you've got that amazing fanfare and the trumpets. So the curtains would open and then there'd be a mirror right there where my dad, I presume, would shave in front of and It was great when it... And I'd be in the bathroom for like an hour. Um, and I used to find that that, that it, even now, if you played it now, I probably wouldn't be able to stop myself from standing up on the table and I'd keep putting my put, foot through that fridge and, and, and <laughs> yeah. pouring the milk everywhere. It just, it's yeah. just the power of music. Yeah. And I just think, I think an intro is great. In fact, if anything... The Rocky Horror Show, I remember being... Uh, the whole film could be an intro to the last song, yeah. if you like, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember being in... Um, I was in a place in Spain, and someone had said, would you like a radio show? And this was 2011. No, this was 2001. That's boring, that bit, isn't it? Who cares? Right. But anyway, so I went to this... Alicante, I think it was called, in Spain. Yeah. And uh, I thought, do I, want, do I want to live in Spain? Do I want a radio show? Could I sit in front of a microphone and talk rubbish for hours on end and, and, and get paid from it and all, all of this sort of stuff? And I thought, I don't know whether I, 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 don't know whether I fancy this. I thought, no, I think I'm actually going to move to London. And that night, I was in this little hotel room in Spain thinking... Is it Spain for the rest of my life, or do I actually make that jump? Because I was living in Bradford at the time. Mm-hmm. Do I make that jump to, to London? What I did was I put the Rocky Horror Show on, and I hid inside a cupboard. I was all on my own. It was, it was my drinking days, and I hid inside this cupboard, and I listened to a live recording of the Rocky Horror Show starring Jason Donovan, which is quite shocking, but I'll tell you what, it's quite good. he was quite good. And, um, and I did the entire show in my head, squashed in this tiny little cupboard in Spain. And then when it came to the beginning of Sweet Transvestite, duh, 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 I burst out of the cupboard and uh, and, and uh, I mean I became Frank Frankenfurter. And that was the was it the lift opening? It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that's the lift opening yeah. in the film. And when you've been trapped in a confined tiny little box for thirty minutes, yeah. and sweet transvestite comes on and you burst out of it, yeah. it's it's empowering. Yeah. And it's funny because when I tell this story to my friends, they always look at each other funny. I don't know why. What the fact you stuck yourself in a wardrobe for a half an hour? <laughs> Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. But I met Richard O'Brien. You know. Right. Tell he, me about that because. Um, my wife's a little bit obsessed with him. 
Oh, fantastic! Yeah, she uh, in our downstairs uh, bathroom. We have a big uh, picture of him. Wow! Uh, signed. You're joking? Because they've done something um, about six or seven years ago with Rocky Horror. It was an anniversary or something. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And Richard wasn't in it, but I think he was there. He, he narrated it. He That's was the it. narrator. And my wife hung around as a pure fangirl to meet him and to get the picture signed. And it's, did, did she? It's on our yeah, yeah. It's on our wall. Oh, brilliant, because he came out. We all hung around outside the theatre, because I went yeah. to see that one. And he came out, but he was just stood amongst us all. It was just like someone from the Rocky Horror Show. He was stood amongst us all, but he had a balaclava on and a scarf around his mouth. Yeah. And I just recognised his legs. Yeah. And I said to my ex, I went, he stood right next to us. And he heard me say that, and he sort of went, shh, and then skulked off into the night time like a fox. And, um, but I met him in Oxford in 2002, and he was doing a screening of the Rocky Horror Show, and I'd gone down on my own, which was a bit out of character for me, but I went there, and he came out at the front just before... And there was only, like, eight people in the audience. I couldn't believe it. And he went, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're, we're going to raise some money today for the Walnut Children's Charity, so if you'd like to have a drink with me after the show, then tickets are £10, and I look forward to seeing you then. I was like... I'm going to have a drink with Richard O'Brien after this. I couldn't believe it. I'm sorry. Credit to that impression, by the way. Oh, thank, thank you very much. Uh, it's an automatic lock. You see, Richard O'Brien goes very high and then he goes really low. It's like that. And um, anyway, so. You could easily merge that into Sean Connery as well. Into Sean Connery. I think, I think this is what impersonators do, isn't it? <laughs> impersonators just do the same voices, and they, but they tell you who is. If I say to you, this is Jim Carrey, you're going to go, oh, it's Jim Carrey. Yeah. Even though I don't sound a bit like Jim Carrey, although yeah. he probably has talked like this in the past. Richard O'Brien. So so I watched the Rocky Horror Show and then I went to meet Richard O'Brien after for a drink and there was just me, just me, solitary little me in this Weatherspoons, thinking this is a bit odd. And there's no signs, there's nothing, meet Richard O'Brien. So I thought, I'm in the right place. And then the next thing, Richard O'Brien just comes tap dancing in, sees me, puts his jacket over the chair next to me, goes to the bar, comes back and sits down next to me and lights a cigarette. And there's just me and Richard O'Brien still in this... Witherspoons. I'm thinking, this is odd, this. And I'd sort of smiled at him and what have you, but I got no res- real response. What, sitting next to him as in... He was sat, like, like, closer than what you are. He was sat next to me. And no conversation? No conversation, yeah. So, I mean, that's weird. It is weird. And I'm thinking, this is weird. That's, pretty, that's what I was thinking. But I'm thinking, it's Richard O'Brien. It's the yeah. man that wrote the Rocky Horror Show. So eventually I went, hey, Richard, how are you? And uh, no word of a lie. <clears throat> this, is, this is what he said to me. Oh... You have the arms of a 12-year-old schoolgirl. Then I was like, right. And then I went, but are you all right, Richard? And he went, I just want Gans. I want acid. I want LSD. I want mushrooms. I want Gans. So I went, I haven't got any of those things, but I've got a consulate. <laughs> did that work? Yeah, it did. Yeah, he took it. And I remember saying to him, I said, um, Richard, you know, this was 2002. I said, you know, I'm having a, I feel a bit lost at the moment, Richard. I feel like people are stealing my acts. I feel like there's people doing really well in this world that have literally taken things from me and I'm, I'm, it's eating away at me. And I knew for a fact that Richard O'Brien had had problems with Tim Curry back in the 70s. They fell out massively. And, uh, and his advice was, mm, just move on. <laughs> and that were it. That was it. And uh, and I often now look back and go, was he telling me to move on from yeah. his table? <laughs> or was he telling me to move on? Yeah. Just move on. I like to think he was more sort of telling you to sort of move forward yes, with your rather than fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was great, you know, and I'm thinking, is this is my hero letting me down here with all this drug finalia? 
And, um, and then I thought, no, it's Richard O'Brien. Yeah. This man is just... He... People don't realise it. See, the thing is, I mean, I'm a big David Bowie fan as well, and, and I realise now you look back and you go, ah, Richard O'Brien was just doing a David Bowie yeah. for the stage yeah. and was very, luck- very lucky. Yeah. You know, there's a, Rocky, there's a new Rocky Horror show out there on every street corner, especially in Old Street. Yeah. On a Friday night, it's everywhere. Yeah. And I came to London thinking, if, if the worst comes to the worst, at least I can play Riff Raff in the West End at the Rocky Horror show. That would yeah. be like... At least I've got that. Yeah. And I've now found out now that I'm 46 and I'm getting older and I'm eating porridge a lot and I'm yeah. getting a lot of uh, bolts of reality. You need to be a dance to play Riff Raff. And even though I'm all very spidery, I can't, I can't dance. I can't Too do lovely. yoga. I can't do nothing. I can't do anything like that. A girl took me to Bikram Yoga. I thought, oh, I'll have a go at this show off in front of her. It was just embarrassing. I couldn't, even the heat didn't make me bend. It was terrible. So Maybe move on. I think it's time to move on. <laughs> and also, I'd like to contact Richard O'Brien's son because okay. Richard O'Brien wrote a musical called Disgracefully Yours in the early 90s. Not many people know it. I'm the man to bring that back. I'd like to actually... I would like to be Richard O'Brien's... What's the word? Prodigy. Is that the word? Can you use the word? So when he's gone, because he's getting on his Richard O'Brien now... Yeah. And um, I think we need someone else that you can rely on to mm. bring some horror and fishnets to a yeah. party. And I think I've often thought, I, I, well, I'm, I call myself the Rossi Horror Show. So it's in, it's in my DNA, you see. Watch Flash Gordon at Christmas, he's in that, isn't he? He's in that. Yeah. He's, and he did a couple of movies around that time. And Flash Gordon was, oh, it used to give me the will, is that film? When he gets sucked under the mud. Yeah. And his hair. Yeah. That bit of blonde hair at the end just goes... Yeah. But I used to play that game when I was a kid. And I used to, when they put in their arm inside yeah, the... Yeah, um, Peter Duncan. It's Peter Duncan yeah. from Blue Peter. Yeah, and he puts, And then there's like... It's like a balloon. That, like a bladder thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and gets it. Flash got... More, more people need to see that film. Well, my, my, um, my mate, uh, when we grew up, he was really young. His dad was a, a key grip in the movie industry. Right. And so he was like the sort of spoiled kid at school that that, mm. that, that had like a drum kit and, and stuff yeah. like that because dad was never there. He was always on location filming. Yeah. Uh, but what he did also have was um, a set of wingmen wings uh, and several kind of swords and guns Ooh. from Flash Gordon because oh, his brilliant. dad filmed it. Yeah. yeah. And so we used to kind of play guns when we was kids. With the stuff from Flash Gordon. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't that's it? That's pretty good, mate. That's pretty good. That's yeah. better than Mitch. Remember Clash of the Titans? Of course. Well, I used to go around dressed as Perseus, but it was just a bathroom <laughs> towel. So you're doing better than I am. In fact, I remember that a neighbour coming out of her house once going, Ross, what are you doing? Aren't you cold? And I went, I am Perseus. She went, yeah. no, you're just a little boy in a bathroom <laughs> towel. No, get back inside before you catch the death of cold. I remember that. That was, that was another <laughs> first sign of growing up. Like, hang on a minute. No, I'm, I am Perseus. What are they yeah. saying? Get inside, you get cold. Yeah. I don't remember that in Clash at Titans. Didn't just about mate. to chop the head off the Medusa. No, get inside. You're going to catch the death of cold. Yeah, no, nah, would have braved it through that. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Track two, Ross. Yeah. The first song you remember hearing had an emotional impact on you. Right, okay. Well, this is... <clears throat> I don't usually do serious stuff, because okay. I, I can't, you know, just... Serious is always a bit dull, <clears throat> but I'm going to get serious for a second. This, right. is, this is true. So, not only was this song my first realisation of melody and, oh, what is... The, there's a, a noise in the air that's nice. I quite like it. But it was also my first realisation that it was Christmas Day. And it's also my first memory. And my first memory is... 
I'm sat on the floor, the carpet is dark because the curtains have been closed and there's just the fairy lights on the tree. And I'm thinking, as a kid, I must have been three, four, this is, what's going on? What's going on? And there's all these boxes with all this sparkly paper. Well, it wasn't that sparkly back then. It was quite dull with the wrapping paper. But I remember having a box slid across to me and opening it thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's nice. And then I look inside and there was a Batmobile, Batman Batmobile. And I thought, what the hell is going on? I don't understand this. Then the next thing, another box is slid across and I'm like, eh? And I open it up and there's um, K-9, the dog, plastic K-9, the dog, and uh, Doctor Who's TARDIS. There was about four or five other boxes to my left. I started to think, hang on a minute, have these also got things in it which I'm going to really like? And while this was happening, my mum had just got a new stereo at the time and what was playing was... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never hummed before down a microphone. This is the first time, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not a very good hummer, am I? I mean... It's, <laughs> it's deep, not great, is it? I'm quite a deep hum for someone <laughs> whose voice is quite high. Should I try it high? Mm-hmm. Not the same. It's not, not the, the same, same, is it? No. But I realised at that point, I didn't know what the hell were going on, but I liked it. And it was Christmas Day, and it was Boney M. And, uh, and that song now, that Mary's Boy Child, Jesus Christ, to me, I can just close my eyes and imagine that song, and it's Christmas again, it's the start of my life all over again, and everything's beautiful, and God bless everybody. Where was that then? Where was home then? That was Carvely in Bradford, Leeds, Bradford. Okay. It's right in the middle of Leeds and Bradford. And, and Bernie M sort of awoke my uh, ear. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast 
See you on the other side. I think Boney M was just... I mean, they were probably one of the biggest bands on the planet then. Oh, were they? We're, we're, we're the same age, so... I think every household definitely had some sort of Boney M record in it. I think around the time then it was, what do you have for singles? Around that Rivers time. of Babylon, um, Brown Girl in the Ring. Brown Girl in yeah. the Ring, tra-la-la-la. So what you're saying is, you're very kindly telling me that I'm not alone here. No, and there was probably 38 million point three thousand billion other people that go, oh, first song I ever heard, oh, Boney M, Christmas Day morning. No, but I definitely think you was having one of the better Christmases, Batmobile and Canine, and still more presents to come. I did all right out of that. Didn't I? I remember Mate. thinking, this is this was nine, about 1977. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember exactly what I got. I got the Canine, I got the Doctor Who TARDIS, I got Doctor Who, which was a great Tom Baker plastic, that you could really bite the head and it wouldn't damage yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and what else did I get? I can't, I can't remember stuff and nonsense. But, I mean, that's um, a decent Christmas. I've always, my mum and dad have been great. They've always given me lovely, lovely Christmases. I get angry. I actually get angry at Christmas now that it's not, it's not what it used to be, you know. And it's of like, I, I do remember now as a, a child, like voices coming from the corner of the living room at Christmas going, it's not the same when you get older. And I thought, well, it will be for me. That's why I'm at a pact with the universe. Took myself into a beanbag, said I never want to grow up, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I've lost my thread. <laughs> Well, well, let's move on to track three then, yeah. because um, I'm sure you're uh, going to pick back up on a thread with this one. Um, yeah. A song that reminds you of your time at school. So, OK, well, there's many hundred, hundreds and hundreds of songs that remind me of school. Like, for a start, I was listening to my sister's uh, Dolby stereo that she got for her birthday. And I, all I had at the time, at the, around this time, was about four or five singles, uh, which we, I think is another question, so we'll get to that shortly. But, um, yes, no, what I used to find was... Um, that, sorry, where was I again? You see, you said I'm going to find my thread. My thread's completely gone. But... Alice Cooper. So Alice, Alice Cooper. So yes, Freedom. So, so I bought an album called Raise Your Fist and Yell, and I'd actually gone into Harrogate to buy the th- the soundtrack to Fright Night, the film with Chris Sarandon playing a vampire, the vampire neighbour from next door. But they didn't have it, so I bought. Why was you going to go and buy the soundtrack to Fright Night? What was on that? Can you remember? Uh, or was it just? No, a... no, no, I remember all the songs off that. Yeah, yeah. And the first, the, the, the first song, Fright Night, Fright Night, who's it gonna be tonight? <laughs> Woo, like your dozen windows tied. Cause and then I don't know what the words are there. We're all in for an almost frightening night. And I used to. <laughs> I'm not, in fact, I didn't put this, any of this down, but I didn't, I didn't get into pop or rock. Originally, I was into horror film yeah. soundtracks is what I got into. Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. changed me. The first film, the first, you know, the, uh, that, I thought that was an absolutely amazing movie. And I bought the album. I mean, your jumper is almost paying homage to uh, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street at the moment. This is a Freddy Krueger jumper. But yeah. this, this is actually a posh one, believe it or not, even though it's ripped... Um, in 2011, I got kidnapped by an FHM model. It's a long story. And the only good thing I got out of that relationship was this uh, jumper, right. which was hers, but she paid a lot of money because it it's, comes already torn. Is that designer torn, then? This is designer Freddy Krueger torn. And what right. I like about it is I get these... Gla- I can hang my glasses just off my belly button like that off one of the Very chairs. convenient. So I'm sort of Freddy Krueger when I want, want to be. Yeah. And then I just go back to Ross, you see, and then... Yeah. So, so it's all great, but so yeah, f- freedom. Right. Raise fist and yell. I bought. I, so I went to buy the Fright Night soundtrack. They didn't have it. I was like, so raise fist and yell. Is that an Alice Cooper album? It's an Alice Cooper album. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I don't know what possessed me to pick up this album. 
because I was not into rock. I was not into heavy metal uh, at all. I was into now ding 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 ding. Raise fist and yell. Yeah. Funny you should say that because that's what caught my eye. Right. It was a fist. With Alice Cooper's face, it's the worst cover of all of them. It's his fist with Alice Cooper's face screaming in his palm like that. But it was a picture of him on the back with his makeup on and the snake. And I looked at that and I thought, I kind of like the look of this. I'm just going to buy it. And it was seven ninety nine. It was a lot of money. And this is like 1988. Would it it have been seven ninety nine? It might have been. And I got back and I went to my bedroom and I got this little old record player and I uh, put the, the the vinyl put the needle on the thing, started to listen to it, and it started with these almighty heavy metal drums. And at the time, it got the guitarist called Kane Roberts, who was a big muscle man that was shredding. Or before, before everyone was shredding, he was yeah, yeah, shredding. Yeah, yeah. And it started, and my heart sank, and I was like, oh, it's that music. Yeah. You know. Oh, oh. You, weren't, you, weren't, you weren't into it? No, not at all. Yeah. There was, there was a bloke that used to get on the bus... Every morning at the park with long hair, and I used to look at him and go, Ugh. Oh, "A local metaler." <laughs> yeah, I used to, I'd be like, "Oh, what, what, eh? What's going on there?" Like, you know, really weird. Fast forward three years, I'm showing off in front of him, singing "Billion Dollar Babies," hoping he can hear me. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, so yeah, so the, the the song started "Freedom," and my heart sank. But then, as soon as Alice Cooper started, to, well, it's he's talking at the beginning of that. Um, what you do? Hey, uh, hang on, let me try and remember it. Hang on. Uh, Stop pretending that you've never been bad. You're never wrong and you've never been dirty. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, whoa, wow, wow, wow. what is that? Yeah. That's amazing. And then the album goes on and Alice Cooper's singing about chopping up prostitutes and what have yeah. you, whatever, all of that, the, the normal sort of stuff. But only now at 46, I listen to Alice Cooper's work and I'm understanding his lyrics. But when I was a kid, I got no idea yeah. what he was singing about and, and all of that sort of stuff. But no, so then I, I went back to school after buying that album, a different Ross because I, I used to go to school with a Superman outfit under my uniform. Right. <clears throat> just used to make me feel... Because I was quite a small kid. Mm-hmm. So I used to think if I've got a Superman outfit on under my school uniform, it just gives me a bit of inner strength. And I used to do with the Incredible Hulk as well, but that was easy. That was just ripped jeans. Yeah. Like, may, may as well have just been shorts. Yeah. But then I started dressing up as Freddy Krueger under my school uniform because my mum knitted me a Freddy Krueger jumper, which I've still got, which is great. Once washing at the moment. And uh, so that was great. But then when I discovered Alice... Not all the time at school? Was what? Not hot all the time at school. Yeah. With like 15 layers on with like yeah. various super yeah. Superman uh, outfits and such. And the Freddy Krueger jumper that my mum knitted was made of wool. Oh, itchy and warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I used to, my mum used to play darts and I used to take the darts and I used to unscrew the... The, the, the frights. The, 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 yeah, and then salitate the, that bit, the point... <laughs> oh, so, so, but they were really heavy, right? Yeah. And when I've solitaped them all on, my, I couldn't lift my hand up. <laughs> so my left arm would be dangling, like, and making this really weird noise. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'd have my Freddy Krueger jumper on. I could only do the, the I didn't take the blades into school because yeah. I would have been done. But I used to go up and down the street at night once it got dark yeah. with the, 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 what they're called again. Uh, well, the opposite of the flight. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> what is it? It's I don't the, know. It's yeah. the, is it the dart? I, I guess it would <laughs> yeah, be the, the dart, yeah. That's the dart. I used to go up and down. I used to put my sister's roller boots on. I used to go up and down Carriel Grove. That's as... the least sinister Freddy Krueger ever. Oh, no. I was... there just like, hey, let's dart boy on his roller disco boots again. If you were coming out of your house and saw me <laughs> floating down the road... Loving. That's why I was on roller boots. <laughs> so I could float... <laughs> 
You'd have a, you'd go, what yeah. the hell is that? Yeah, definitely. I think I got one egg chucked at me once. <laughs> so anyway, so <clears throat> I grew up out of Freddy Krueger and I grew right. into Alice Cooper. So then I started to go to school with Alice Cooper t-shirts under my right. school uniform and all that. And then I would sometimes put the, I used to start wearing the makeup. And, um, and I liked it because I didn't think anyone else had heard of Alice Cooper. Yeah. I thought it was my thing. Is that a normal thing? This is my I think so. Music. I think, you know, definitely for me, as I got older, there was bands I discovered that all of a sudden when, you know, they, they had a, a hit record, you know, I, I was that kind of yeah. a bit precious about it. Yes. And was like, oh, well, it's my band. Like, yeah. everyone likes them. But yeah. I guess as I look at it now, I just think, well, I... I guess people are getting the same enjoyment as I've got. You yes. Know? But um, <clears throat> but how how was school? Did you enjoy it? Uh, well, the, the only thing I hated about school, so it was all right. I mean, I was I was pretty quiet at school until until about fourteen, fifteen, when I discovered the Alice Cooper thing. That's when I started to stop. But I used to always make people laugh with horror film impersonations. My alien. Is brilliant still to this day, my John Hurt Alien, because it's all, when when you do it properly. I won't do it now because I'll knock everything off the table. Yeah. But if you watch Alien, he's actually gip. He starts to gip a little bit before, before he's eating noodles. Yeah. And he's yeah. The first thing I'm going to do when I get back to it, and it goes like that. And then I just think, yeah, if an alien was going to come out, it's, you're going to start off with a bit of indigestion, yeah, a bit of, of gas. And we used to do home economics, and we used to make little paste bun, buns, and you yeah. know all this sort of stuff, little teddy bears, ceramics. And I would always do my alien impersonation in, in the, 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 that class. <clears throat> I was probably showing off in front of somebody. And, um, but fast forward 30-odd years, and I managed to do my alien on BBC Three. And uh, I got a, a lady into trouble, actually, because it was a prank show that I was doing called The Pranker, which is now on all around the world. And um, I'm the opposite of rich from that, unfortunately. Don't get me onto television, because the politics of it all... Well, I started drinking very heavily. I had to stop five years ago. Okay. Um, we'll get we'll get back. Don't you worry. But um, in this show, there was a, so I'm doing the alien chestburster scene. But the stunt was that we have a, a man and woman come round to this house. Very, they don't know what's about to happen. They're really straight and very together. And then I'm going to suddenly go into this alien impersonation in this restaurant, and and the alien's going to burst out of my chest, and they're going to be terrified, and it's going to be great. Um, but just before we did the stunt, this lady that was looking after me, because I'd gone a bit mad because I was doing eight stunts a day for two years, she went, whatever you do, when you do the alien, don't squirt it into the old lady's face. Because I'd got, like, a washing-up liquid bottle full of blood. Don't put it in her face. Because All right, OK. And I remembered that. So when I did the stunt, I tried to... I sort of missed her face. <clears throat> and then the producer came out afterwards, and he went, yeah, great, 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 yeah, great, great. Well done, well done, well, well done, everybody. Well done, everybody. Ross, Ross, <laughs> Ross, it looked like you missed her face. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, Claire said to not squirt it in her face. Did she? And then Claire was taken down a corridor. And I don't know why I got onto that, actually. The, the, the dangers of stunting. Was you a show-off at school? Was what? Was you a show-off at school? I had my moments. I was either showing off or hiding, and I find I'm still the same. You really? Know, I'm either in the mood to show off, or I'm in the mood to... Like, I mean, the PS4 VR helmet has kind of changed. I've realised that I get as much enjoyment now fighting a dragon in Scrim or Skyrim or whatever it's called in VR right. than I, I do um, pretending to hang myself with a bandage off yeah. a office desk, which I used to do a lot when I used to have jobs. Yeah. Never lasted. Um, I, I, was, I was liked in an office for 10 minutes and then I'd get 
infuriatingly annoying. Was that the same at school? Kind of the same at school, yes. What yeah. did you want to be at school? I started off wanting to be a cameraman, TV cameraman. I got no idea why. Then I wanted to be a dentist. Then I wanted to be a stuntman. There was a stuntman that was quite famous called Roy Alon that used to do a lot of stunts on stuff. Do you know Roy Alon? Yeah, yeah you stuntman. know yeah, yeah. We all wanted to be a stuntman. You, when was the last time you did a stunt? <sighs> when was the last time you rolled off a garage onto a mattress? been a long while. When was the last time you climbed your banisters and pretended to get, pretended that the banisters were a helicopter and you had to save the damsel in distress from the nine-foot silver-toothed jaws cretin? I don't know. Do it today, because it'll make I you feel young again. I don't, the kids will love it. I always find if I wear shoes, it changes my day, because I feel like James Bond. Do you remember, do you remember in, I think it was a view to a kill? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. By wearing shoes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't you... Wear shoes every time you leave the house. Well, I went through a long period of Converse, so... Oh, right, you mean shoes, not trainers. You, you, shoes. Not footwear in general. If you put on a... Oh, yes, yeah, no, shoes. Right. Because I I've, I've used to wear Doc Martens. Right. And I used to wear my mum's line dancing cowboy boots. Right. And, uh, and I used to wear moon boots, were great. And then Noel Fielding nicked that off me. Um, but then I uh, discovered the power of shoes. Just, right. just plain black clacks. Yeah. And if you run up some steps in them, they make, like, tap noises like that. Yeah. And I used to look at my feet and I used to go, I'm going up the Eiffel Tower very fast and I'm about to jump off and save Grace Jones from getting blown up. And I even find now that if I'm running down, like, I'm going to leave here and I've got shoes on today, I'll, yeah. be, I'll leave here and I'll go down Old Street and I'll kind of jump up onto the curb looking at my shoes and they're the feet of Roger Moore. In view to a kill. In view to a kill. And possibly, maybe, live and let die when he's jumping over alligators' heads. Nice. In fact, when I go over a zebra crossing, from now on... That's that, going to be... The alligators. Decent. Decent. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm asking. He's, yeah. He was obviously a, a quite a creative kid. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was, actually. Was that encouraged? Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum and dad were brilliant. Um, and, and at school? <laughs> at school... Yeah, like I said, I kind of like at school. In like, we formed a band towards the end called Schizophrenia. Me and my friends, and spelled S K I T Z F I, and we did some Alice Cooper songs, and we did uh, Guns and Roses. Um, and at that point, that was probably when I was at the most showy offy. But it was the last day of school, and uh, we did schools out, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the curtains were closed. What were you doing in the band? I was the singer. I okay. was Alice Cooper. How dare you? And, makeup? Uh, did you, uh, yeah, I used to wear all the makeup, and, yeah. and I had a cod piece. Okay. And all of that. I was very Alice Cooper, 1986. Yeah. And we sang Schools Out, and I'm running up and down the stage, and my friend thought, oh, he'd set the guitar on fire. That'd be a good thing to do. So he put some... Hendrix af- style. Hendrix style. So he put some aftershave on. He didn't have the proper so aftershave. <laughs> Couple of squirts of Curos. That was it, yeah, a bit of brute <laughs> on the back of his... What we used to call it, flying V, <clears throat> and then he lit it, and the the, the flames were very puny. Yeah. So he put more on like that, and he held his guitar up, and we sounded we couldn't even play. We sounded awful. We were all yeah. fur coat and whatever it is, and he held up the um, the guitar, and flames went down his arms, and his arms were on fire, and his hands were on fire, and I remember thinking, body popping on top of this speaker, that looks good. Yeah. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. And all the pe- all the, like two hundred. This was in front of two hundred. Before he had to go to a burns unit. Well, we took him into the staff room, actually. Right. Mrs. Thrippleton came in, the history teacher, and she went, oh, well, that's the most funny thing I've ever seen in my life. Can you do any more? 
And Mark had his hands in bandages. Yeah. He's like, no, we don't think so, no. Yeah. And we'd been drinking as well. Yeah. We'd been drinking sherry out of a thermos flask. Nice. Thinking, this is what Jim Morrison would do, isn't it? Jim Morrison would have been drinking... Yeah, QC Rich Ruby out of a thermos. So we're all a bit drunk and we're on fire. <laughs> and and what I noticed was no, all out of the 300, 400 kids, nobody was surprised that, that I'd got up and sang and done that. So I think people yeah. always knew it was always in me to be this, this you know, flamboyant sort of yeah. singing Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Because they'd all seen the alien bursting out of my chest many yeah. times. What I hated about school, I hated football. I hated rugby. Yeah. I quite liked the gym. Yeah. But um, putting me in rugby, I used to turn up and I used to look at the teacher. like see, I wouldn't say anything, but I'd look at him like, are you going to make me go into that field? Yeah. Because look at me. Yeah. I've, I've written, I, I write my own songs. I don't know if you've heard any of my own stuff. But I've got one song which has got about me being a, a, a tiny mouse. But I'd rather be Yafit Kotto. But I'm just a little mouse. I'm Yafit Kato. I'm just a mouse. Yafit Kato. I'm just a tiny mouse. Yafit Kato. Mouse. Yafit mouse. Yafit mouse. Yafit. So I got that song, and I and I used to um, SoundCloud. Uh, what's what, I can't even Skinny Malink SoundCloud. But anyway, yeah, I'd look at the teacher and I'd be like, "You're not going to make me do the scrum, are you?" Yes. So the, the and I just used to think there's some. This is just bullying. Having me do. Yeah, that's being front of the line. Rugby. Yeah. Stupid. What they should I should have had a special class, really. <laughs> yes, Ross. <laughs> no, but I should have been. I should, when they did all that sort of rough and tumble sports yeah. stuff, I was always scared of like breaking a bone. Yeah, I've started breaking bones now. I'm getting old. I've got to be careful. I'm like a baby bird. I mean, I'm 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 six three, but I still felt like that when it was rugby. Did you? Yeah, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be involved. Didn't yeah. want to. Just weren't for me. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it wasn't my bag. And, uh, and and like you, I, I am breaking bones these days. Yes. And uh, what's the last bone you bone you broke? Uh, my big toe. Oh, they hurt. They hurt, don't they? Yeah. I've done really... my, my Dick and Dom broke my right little toe. Dick and Dom broke your little Both toe. Dick and Dom <laughs> <laughs> broke my right little toe in two thousand seven, and uh, both of them. Yeah, because they both ran at me. I think it was probably only one that did the break, the, the toe breaking. But I used to do a show called Shoot, which was set under yeah. the, the in the, the the trash compact of the BBC, and they used to put me in this three hundred and sixty degree set, and they'd leave me in there all day, and they'd chuck a guest in at me. It was I watch it now. It lasted one series. I'm absolutely not surprised because it's 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 like David Lynch's A Razor Head, but yeah. it was on children's BBC. Half someone was being brave there. <laughs> In fact, we used to get emails going and going, why is this man allowed to entertain our children? Look at him! <laughs> Look at him! <laughs> He's obviously um, deranged, um, on drugs, and then all sorts of other things. And, um, but anyway, it's a great show, shoot. But in one episode, Dick and Dom are running at me, and we're trying to break out, and they're running at me, but it, it was on a floor of plastic VHS cassettes with the real yeah. things. And they bumped into me, and the... the, the the, one of the feet ground into my right foot and just basically crushed it into the video cassettes. And you can, you, like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, if you where, watch... Where he does the, the, the ankle break. The ankle break. Yeah. I've, I beat him to that. If you watch yeah. Shoot, you see Dick and Dom come running at me and we all do the chest bounce. That was yeah. it, the chest bounce. And you can see my right foot just shoot up like... It just shoots up right like that, just on its own. And I started hopping uh, up and down like that. And the pain of that was unbelievable, but I carried on, just like Tom Cruise. Wonderful. And I had to walk to the gents after that and sort myself out. And I remember walking down the corridors of the BBC, covered in green slime, limping, and everybody, you know, like, stood to one side and just let me go past. And they were like, what, what is that? that? What's that? And how did yeah. it get in here? 
Are they doing a new Doctor Who? <laughs> can you remember the first song you bought in a record shop? I can, actually, yes. Although I had to think very hard about this because I was thinking of three or four. <clears throat> but the first song that I bought, I remember going to WH Smith's with my mum when WH Smith's used to do uh, records. Mm-hmm. No, it was Woolworth's. No, not WH Smith's, Woolworth's. And the first single I bought was the theme tune to uh, Dempsey and Makepeace. Sing it. Something like that. But I think... I had the biggest crush on Glynis Barber ever. Oh, my friend promised me a Mayfair with her on the front and I never got it. Oh, mate. She, she was nice, wasn't she? Did she do Mayfair? No, it wasn't. It was a make-piece look-alike, but I wasn't bothered. Oh. Yeah, she was... Uh, what was his name? Uh, Michael Brandon. Yeah. Did, were they together? Like, oh. Yes, they were, yeah. 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 Oh, my God, and you just brought back a memory. Go on. When I did the pranker, I wasn't really with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I did one character called PC Piss Take. Right. It's on YouTube, it's brilliant. And I'm basically arresting whoever I like. And um, and I was about to do a stun, and a car pulled up. I've forgotten all about this until now. And Michael Brandon popped his head out and thought I were a real policeman and said, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to find whatever it was. And I was like, Dempsey! Yeah. <laughs> Dempsey! <laughs> And he totally didn't want to know. He was. He went. Oh, really? oh yeah, yeah. He went. Yeah. Oh, anyway. So, do you know where so and so is? And I was like, Oh, here we go again. It's Andrew O'Connor. Andrew O'Connor. I used to love him on Talk About. Yeah. The game show. Okay, you've got one minute to talk about spiders. Yeah. And then he came into an office I was working one day, I and I've was... heard the name Andrew O'Connor for a long time. Good. I used to love him. I used to think he was great. I used to think I want to be just like Andrew O'Connor. I want to do a game show, and I go, You've got one minute to talk about. Alice Cooper. But he came in and I was like, he said, oh, hello. And I was on rece- I was working as a receptionist at the time, believe yeah. it or not. It was all a bit of a joke, but I was there four years. It's a long joke. <laughs> and Andrew O'Connor came in and he went, hello, I've come to see Sars at blah, 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 blah. And I went, Andrew, and I said it in all seriousness, you've got one minute <laughs> to talk about, or whatever it was. And he, again, he was like, yeah, 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 I've come to see so-and-so, so-and-so. And I was like, where's Andrew O'Connor? Yeah. Where's he gone? What's happened to him? Why do people walk around like that, just devastating dreams? I don't know. I mean, Alice Cooper were lovely. You know, Alice, hey, Ross, you're getting fat. That's what Alice Cooper said to me. <laughs> Andrew O'Connor no, it says nothing. Nothing. Is it because he's not Alice Cooper? Maybe it's that. It's just that. Do you think that's what it is? I think, I've started to realise this as I've got older, and I think I've heard this, but I meet people in my older life now. Like, I'll, I'll leave here and I'll meet somebody, and I'll think, oh, it's... It's so-and-so. And I feel like I know that person. And I yeah. think there's, there's only six or seven personalities on earth. And when we're born, we're born as a baby, as a blank canvas. And I think that the consciousness that we're seeing and experiencing is not in the brain. I think it's outside the brain. And um, here we go. I'm having an episode. I'm, lo- I'm actually losing what I'm losing the thread. Right. Where, where was I? Help me out. Where was I? We, we was talking about... <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, we actually, I was going to mention something because you were saying about because uh, Alice Cooper isn't Alice Cooper. Yes, yes. Uh, and so I was then going to say I was going to ask you mm. because we spoke briefly before this because you you when you got to was it uni you met Lee. Yes, and, yeah. And obviously you and uh, Lee Francis are very good, uh, are yeah. being very good friends. Yeah. Uh, or are very good friends. Sorry. Um, and 
and I said that that the few times I've met him, yeah, he's been as Keith Lemon, yes, and he is Keith Lemon in them moments. Yeah. He doesn't break character, yeah, and and that's is that what you're sort of saying about Alice Cooper and yeah, 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 yeah. I've always loved that. I've always loved people that do method acting, and and when people disappear. And become somebody else is just just great. So, like, when I discovered Alice Cooper did this, because he stopped drinking, stopped taking his drugs, and then he had to basically psych himself up to become Alice Cooper. Going to golf. Going to golf and all of that sort of stuff. I've tried golf. It hurts my hands when I hit the ball. You some darts on the ends of the fingers, mate. They'll get in the way. That's, the, that's it. That's it. And... Um, but I invented a character called Stephen Freak when I was a kid, and I used to put a rubber band on my face... Have you got a rubber band here? If there's, if there's a rubber band, you're lucky if there isn't, to be honest. Well, I used to put a rubber band on my face and put a, this wig on, and I become Stephen Freak. And I used to, he was going to, going to Leeds as Stephen a lot. And, um, and the, the elastic band will be where? Round my face, right, so round my nose, and round my, my mouth here. Right. And, um, and I based it on my Auntie Sandra, who, believe it or not, used to be the president of the Neil Diamond fan club. She, um, if, do you like Neil Diamond? Yes, I do. Baby, tonight all alone by the fire you and I. He used to send her presents at Christmas, like like diamond necklaces and all sorts Shut of stuff. Shut up, no, really? She was the president of the fan club in England. I went to see Neil Diamond many times, used to get front row access, all of that sort of stuff. But it's a bit sad because my aunt is getting on now and she had to sort of leave when the internet came out because she could, her, her fan club was old school. It was like yeah. Dennis the Menace badges. And, oh, mate. That moment when you opened that, you got the furry Nasher badge. Yeah, yeah, we're and good. You that. got the metal Dennis the Menace badge. Yeah, yeah. And was there like a little plastic wallet thing? That they, yeah, there was a plastic both... wallet which I used to. Yeah, put like yeah. my first Disney bank card into yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, when I, I think I, I used that when I got my first phone card. Yeah. Yes, when, phone cards. Yeah, mate, oh, that was You're... like staring at the future. That was, wasn't it? And do you remember the Nasher badge? It had those like, watch, look at my eyes. Are you ready? Go on. That's so fucked up. <laughs> it does exactly that. Isn't it? Yeah, you could shake him. You could shake little Nasher yeah. in his eyes. And and like, they, uh, kinda, yeah. But only very, very slightly, but yeah. very fast. It took me three years to learn how to do that. That's conviction. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Track five, a song that soundtracked your years clubbing. Was you a clubber? Not really a club. Well, I was, but not a clubber. I was a rock, rock. Like rock clubs, is that yeah. the same thing? I've run a rock club for 27 years. Because, Lisey, when I when I read that question, club, I was like, I don't really go to clubs, no, and I'm thinking matter. rock clubs. Rock. I used to go to all, I used to go to the real rocks in Bradford, mm-hmm. and um, and we used to go to a place called Scrumpies in Leeds. Scrumpies, which was this like a basement, and I look back now and I just think it was such a disgusting place. What's the other one? It was a cockpit in Leeds. The cockpit, yeah, yeah. cockpit. Um, and I used to go to, and we would dress up to go to these places, ready for a. Ready for a, a fight? No, well, I, I wouldn't fight, but the other, my other friends were all into, let's go and have a fight, which yeah. I could never get, mate, you know. Make peace, not not war. You know? Hey, That's the... make peace. But I used to like Aerosmith around that time. Okay. Al- Alice Cooper was always there. Yeah. But Aerosmith suddenly sort of showed the face. And at the time, I uh, my favourite sort of memory of all of this clubbing, going out, having it large, and, and Aer- I mean, like, Aerosmith to me is so underrated now. Steve Tyler... There's only one Steve. Do you like Steve Tyler? I think... See, I'm not into what I call cock rock. Right. Yeah, so I'm not into Guns N' Roses, uh, Bon Jovi and and stuff like that. But I think Steven Tyler's one of the coolest men in music. Yeah, he is, isn't he? And and 
was his fine is that on a uh, pump pump yeah so that's is that the album uh Johnny got a gun and yes. loving an elevator and yes. see, I, I love these songs yes. and like yeah. and, and 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 obviously fucking hell they they done the first rock rap crossover ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, walk this way, what tune? Um, yeah, yeah, I think Steve Tyler's just a super cool dude. Yes. And like when even like I was literally watching them uh last I think it was last Friday on YouTube doing Janie Got a Gun about two years ago, and he's obviously still got all the ribbons hanging off yeah. the um the mic stand, and he just he might have had a little bit of surgery, but it don't matter. You can't have surgery on the hips and he's still moving it. And yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. just just a dude, right? No, he's just, he is, he's a dude, and he's like... No pun intended with the dude Dude, yeah, yeah. No, like a lady. <laughs> yeah. But he, like, if he was to come into this office now, you know that he'd go up to everybody, say something lovely to everybody, yeah. make them feel amazing, and he'd yeah. do a backflip, yeah. and he'd be, he'd be off. I'm like, he'd, he's just, he's Steve. Yeah. And he's lived, and he's been there, and he's done it, but I'm worried about his mental health now, because I saw him on, um, is it Joe, Joe Rogan or Joe... The so, podcast. Podcaster. Yeah, Joe Rogan. And he's talking to Steve Tyler, and... He, Tyler looks amazing. He actually look out of all Alice and all of them lot. Mm. Steve Tyler, it's he doesn't look that. It just looks like he's been on holiday for a while and yeah. got a tan. He, he looks fantastic. But he's asked this question, and Steve Tyler, the way he answers and the way he acts is, you know, when like you're talking to your grandma or your granddad, and you just think that's not what I asked you. Or oh, they're getting old now. Mm. That I got that vibe off Tyler because he's he's complaining about Spotify and the way music's run now. And he and and he comes out with this one answer where he goes, um, "They always try and get in the way. They tell you." And you see, he's looking at Joe Rogan, and he's starting to lose it with his eyes, and he's going, "They tell you what you can do, what you cannot do, cannot do." Can I saw that, and I rewound it and laughed a few times, which I don't know. I shouldn't be laughing at that, should I? I don't. I mean. I did not know he'd done Rogan, and, and, yes. and I, I, I will be definitely listening to that because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. What, watch um, out for that bit. Watch out for the... They yeah. tell you what to do, what not to do, what not to do. Well, you, you, know, you can see he's losing his train of thought. He's losing his thread. I've lost my thread like three or four times, but I got it back together. But in this, Tyler's like, you think, oh, no, maybe it's too much. Yeah. Too much. What was the track? Uh, fine, F-I-N-E, fine. Okay. Which, um, when you play that track, when it when it starts, it smacks you in the face immediately, and um, and it's it's just I at the time when I used to listen to the song Fine, I had a TV show in the Midlands called Premiere. So I used to Premiere. Hello, welcome to Premiere, which was a What's On show. So it'd be like, around your region this week, if you like madness, then head on down to the Wolfram City Art Gallery where Suggs will be playing his Nutty Boy hits. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I used to present this show. Right. But halfway through the, the, the... And it ran for three years in the Midlands, but halfway through the show, I started to think I was Steve Tyler. So from going from Alice Cooper, I then thought I was Steve Tyler. And I'd got local TV presenter What's On mixed up with Steve Tyler. At Donington. At Donington, yeah. Right. So we had an editor that came in that, that spotted that I was not really right for this show because I was usually a bit out of control and, and I'd got Steve Tyler hair and I'd even put the bleach thing in like this. To cut a long story short, they fired me. But I was still on contract to present Premiere for like another 10 shows. So they had me work in a rubber latex puppet of myself. <laughs> So from presenting the show, I'm and, and front, I'm now puppeteering a puppet of myself. 
And they had me like having to hide behind gravestones, um, garden hedges, so you couldn't see me. And then when they put me in the Skegness Sea... I thought, are they actually trying to kill me off? Are they actually trying... Stephen Tyler wouldn't have done that. What, gone into the sea? No, he wouldn't have done it. No, he would have gone, hey, uh, what, where am I? Who am I? Where am I? Oh, uh. No, but no, so so I realise now, do you know, I wake up happy now because I've come to a point where I don't idolise these people anymore. Yeah. And it was almost like when I was younger, I could never admit that this might happen. I can't bear the thought of never loving and idolising the Alice Coopers and the Steve Tylers and the Marilyn Mansons and wanting to be that. And I realise now, because I've started reading the Bible, believe it or not, because I want to be just like Alice Cooper. So I started reading the Bible. And it says, thou shouldn't worship, you know, the f- false, false idols. idols. And I think, well, is Alice Cooper's not a false idol because Alice Cooper, to me, helped me through school life. Yep. You know, it gave me that courage. And, and uh, I probably wouldn't be sat here now talking to you if it wasn't for Alice Cooper in some weird, strange way. I got as much love, support, focus, whatever people get from religion, I got from the Smiths. Brilliant. Cure. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and, and yeah. things like that. Music, because yeah. that was, you know, I got, I got every kind of religious experience from that. Yeah. Uh, and, and... Uh, you know, not, I don't necessarily want to listen to what Morris is saying these days, but um, back then, you know, the, the 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 lyrics to lots of Smiths records were were, were far more important than, yeah. than reading the Bible to me. Yeah. And you know, I think it's there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's healthy. And yeah. you know, yeah. we've I I wanted a quiff and I wanted to flounce around my my local indie club pretending to be Morrissey, and it's like Great. it's all part. Of, I think it's all really cool part of growing up and, yes. and finding out who you are and if you, you mess around with identities and yeah and personas, I think all the richer for it. Exactly. Like, exactly, exactly. You know, I had a friend that was loved Morrissey and he died unfortunately. But um, a couple of years ago, I managed to get a drink with Morrissey. And I know this is name-dropping, isn't it? But Morrissey's pretty good, isn't he? I should, I should actually tell you that I've had a drink with Morrissey in Hollywood. I mean... It was awful. Yeah. I mean, I, it, now... I want to know all about this because, I mean, he said some really awful things the last couple of years that, that I just hope he's just being Morrissey for the sake of being Morrissey and just trying to... I don't know. I, 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 it, it, it really does do my head in that he, he said some things and, 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 and you know, lent, led people to believe that he's, you know, aligning himself with, with certain, mm. you know, political... Parties that, that are not certainly know what I'm about, but yeah, yeah, he's fucking Morrissey. It's Morrissey. And he's like, just, yeah, and, yeah. And you know, I'm covered in Smith's tattoos. It's like Great. I'm, I'm just obsessed. And tell me what it's like to meet so, Morrissey, and tell me what it's like, and how you ended up in Hollywood having a beer with Morrissey. Yeah. So I had an agent that looked after uh, Russell Brand. Okay. And Russell was doing quite well at the time in, Amer- you know Russell, in America. I used to know Russell quite well. I wouldn't say we were... Fr- like, if I saw him now, I'm sure he'd be lovely, but I haven't got his number. We went to school together. But I, I used to feed his cat, actually. I used to feed Morris- Morrissey. He's got a cat called That's Morrissey. Right. That's right. <clears throat> and I used to feed Russell's cat, and I used to go in and I'd leave little messages for Russell to find. So I'd put little balls of paper up his taps and in, in Morris's... But, but weird little things like, Russell smells of wee, all that sort of stuff. And I think I might have written something wrong one day in his reddicks. He, he never asked me to feed his cat again. 
I hope he's still finding those uh, little messages. But no, I love Russell Brand. I, I, think, I think Russell's amazing. But anyway, because of his success in America, my agent said, oh, we've got this other guy that you should look at. So they were like, oh, bring him out. And I couldn't believe it. So suddenly little me from Carverley in Podsey is now on an aeroplane to America. And I was like, 12 hours? Have you been to America on a plane? Once. 12 hours? Something like that. I was playing Double Snake for about six hours of it, which was this little computer game on the chair in front, but I didn't yeah. realise I could recline my chair. <laughs> so I'd been playing in this twisted position, trying yeah. to play Double Snake for a long time, and then eventually I went, oh, the chair reclines like that. Yeah. But anyway, so then I, I got to America, and uh, a lot of it was quite blurry, a lot right. of it. There were some, some nights which I just remember thinking, I shouldn't be here on, on my own, walking up Sunset Boulevard, trying yeah. to get out of the bush, and there's no one to help me pull me out of the bush. Yeah. I'm all alone, there's nobody, and I don't know where I... I this is America, am I going to get shot? Or yeah. Is Alice Cooper going to walk past? I've got no idea, it's yeah. all very exciting. But anyway, one day, the lady that was looking after me on my first trip there, uh, this, she was called Jen, and she was a friend of Morris's, and Morris apparently had not got many friends, but she was one of his best. And um, I didn't really believe her when she told me this, but it's true. Because then she went, um, so today, Rath, she was American, today, Rath, uh, we can have a drink with Marathi if you like. No, I, no I'm going to go and sit on my own on, on the... No, I said, yeah, that'd be great, yeah. So um, she goes, meet us outside, uh, is it, was it the Viper... The Rock, is it the Roxy? Yeah. So meet us outside the Roxy at eight o'clock. I and mean, I, this is the stuff of rock and roll dreams, isn't it? Yes. I mean, that venue <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. strip... And then you're going to go and have a pint with Morris. With Morris, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm walking up on my own. There was just one solitary figure stood there. And it was the top of Sunset Boulevard. I could just see the shadow. But I'm not the biggest Morrissey fan, but I sure. could tell it were him. Yeah, he was big. He's a big bloke, isn't yeah. he? Actually. And um, so I walk over, and then Jen, Jen meets us, and the three of us are there. And for one minute, I'm like, this could be the best night of my, my life. This because yeah. Morrissey looks at me and he breathes in. So you're Ross from Leeds. That's. That, and I was like, this is going to be brilliant. That's all he said to me. That were it. And then when we went in, <clears throat> Jen then leans forward and says to me, I'm my a this American agent that was there that would not stop staring at Morrissey, and yeah. his mouth was open. And there was another chap that would not stop staring at Morrissey, and his mouth was open. And then she leaned forward and she went, um, can everybody please not look at Morrissey and don't talk to him? And I'm sat next to Morrissey. And I sudden, as soon as she said that, I was suddenly like, oh, I'm nervous now. I'm nervous. I can't look at him or talk to him. The first thing I did was pick up my beer, which is what I did back then when I got nervous, and drank it. And as I'm drinking it, I'm like, this isn't my beer. I nicked Morris's beer. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to talk to him, I'm not allowed to look at him, and I'm now drinking his beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going well. It's so not going well. <laughs> Ross from Leeds. I thought me and, me and uh, Morris were going to be busy, busy pals after that. Right. But is that all he said? That's, uh, that was it, yeah. But I did manage to sit. I sat next to him for an hour and a half, which was still kind of cool. Why did you sit there in silence? We weren't allowed to... He didn't want anyone to talk to him. Well, I think when you get to that... I think it was the chap that's doing quite well, James Corden. Yeah. I think he's now got this don't look at me or talk to me yeah. attitude. I hope I get there one day. Yeah. Life would be so much easier. In fact, you know when I'm at home? I live on my own now. My lady left me. And I pretend that I've got a room full of people, but they're not allowed to look at me or talk to me. And it just makes, me, it just makes life a bit easier. Yeah. I think I'm very popular, but don't look at me or talk to me. I don't want to get involved in it, yeah. I don't want to get involved. I'm just going to look at the carpet and pretend it's 1977 and I'm listening to Boney M. And someone's just slid a, a canine. A canine across the floor at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A favourite song from an artist from your home county. Right, so I've, I, So what that means, is that question saying, what song do I like that's been written by somebody from Leeds? Correct. Okay. 
because I was thinking, who's, I don't really know anybody. I know that, because I, when people say, where are you from? I can sometimes say Bradford, because it's Leeds, yeah. Bradford. And I know that Tasmin Archer, or Tamsin <laughs> Archer, is from Bradford. Tasmin, yeah. Tasmin Archer from Bradford that sang Sleeping Satellite, yeah. which is a lovely song. What are the primitives from Leeds? Sleeping Satellite. The primitives, I don't know them. Who were they? I had a big song called Crash. Um... Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, if you don't look down, you're going to crash. That yeah, one. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I might be wrong. I had a feeling uh, that from Leeds. Uh, uh, Tanita Tickerham. Yeah. She was from Bradford. Well, it's a good tradition of love and hate. <laughs> Staying by the fireside. Well, it's a good... Yeah. Her. But I've picked um, Oblivion by television. Tune. Um, the uh, the singer is he called Mark Wright? No, Tony Wright. <laughs> Tony Wright, I'm Mark was such a big drummer, fan. I think there was You're a Mark right. in the band. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, television. All of my friends were re- like really into television, but at yeah. the time I was very blinkered by Alice Co- Alice Cooper, yeah. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper. But as I got older. I mean, I love the, the backing singing that the television used was just great. It was by a woman called Anita Madigan, actually, that did very well on the big, big talent show with Jonathan Ross way back in, like, 1999 or something. She was on there a lot, and she looked like Margot Kidder right. around the time of eating the Black Widow spiders yeah. in cardboard boxes. She looked a bit like that. And um, and uh, and they had Oblivion. Oblivion. Oh, up. Wap a wap wap. Well, it's a Thomas Thomason. I shouldn't have done that because I need a wee. That push a bit out. None's come out. None's come out. But my my blood is turning into the shape of a of a poodle balloon. A little bit like the thing that uh, they put the hand in in Flash Gordon. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Any minute now, you're going to get stung <laughs> by my bladder balloon, my Flash bladder balloon. It's a great record, Oblivion. Yes, and they were that television of just they just sound great. Yeah, it's just a great sounding, brilliant. They asked me to um, open for them on a tour in the mid nineties. Oh, really? And they said, "How much do you want for it?" And I was like, "Oh, nothing. I just a couple of beers." (coughs) Then they they never got back to me after that. And I often thought, "Oh, I need to learn business." I think my answer was wrong, but no, it can't have been. Can't have been wrong, can it? Looking back, they'd have gone. He only wants a couple of beers. Get him on. Yeah. But no, the, the phone never rang back. I don't know why. Doesn't matter, does it? It's like when I was in America, the last thing that was said to me in America, this, this producer, TV director chap, leans forward <clears throat> and goes, Russ, you're obviously very comfortable in your own skin. Uh, I think it's time for you to start celebrating. I have a part for you. It's called The Tooth Fairy. You're going to be acting alongside, uh, do you know, Dwayne Johnson. I'm going, what, The Rock? Yes. Uh, I think it'd be very funny for you, so nice to meet you. We'll be in touch. And I went, oh, thank you. Played it cool. Left Warner Brothers, the lot, got into a car, drove off, and I could see my face in the reflection of the mirror on the right, and tears started to roll down my face. And and I started to smile like you wouldn't believe, and I'm now smiling like an insane lunatic with tears roaring down my... And I just went, you've only gone and done it. You little bastard, you've only gone and done it. Anyway, I got back to uh, London, never heard old back. And then about six months later, The Tooth Fairy was out on DVD. I was like, oh, there is a film called The Tooth Fairy. And I looked and it said starring Dwayne Johnson and Steve Merchant as The Tooth Fairy. And Steve Merchant's the opposite of me. He's, he's tall, isn't he? Yeah, so I can see what they've done. 
They've yeah. gone, we either go obvious and we have this little spider mousey yeah. type thing, or we have this really lanky, you know, Steve Merchant yeah. two fair. I haven't watched it, but I, I, I can close my eyes and I can watch it. I can see it. I can see the film. Yeah, very funny. Yeah, Are great. you in it? No, of course I'm not. No, uh, when you see it in your own mind. No, it's Steve Merchant, and yeah, he's all right. He's, he talks a bit like, and he looks a bit deranged. <clears throat> I saw him on Would I Lie to You, and his eyes were bloodshot. Steve Merchant's eyes were bloodshot. I don't know whether that's a sign that he's going all Alice Cooper 1982. He's, uh, he's quite, um, he's goggle-eyed a word. <laughs> he is a bit, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so. I know what you mean. You know, I said earlier, there's six personalities in the world. Right. <clears throat> there's also, like, six faces, you know, because you look slightly like... A friend of mine, so I can go. Ah, oh, you're that, and it's a lovely face. Thank you. But then you've got your Steve Merchants with the slightly, and you go, oh, they're slightly goggle-eyed. Yeah. I know a lot of women that are slightly goggle-eyed, but you could never tell them, could no, you? No, no. I think it's frowned upon telling people that they're goggle-eyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got a cartoon though called Mr. Bum, and in that I accuse him of having a lazy eye. It's on YouTube. Watch it. Ross Lee, Mr. Bum. Okay. Well, before we get on to talking about where people can find out about the yep. stuff that you're up to, I want to know for your final track, the yep. song that many may not know that you want them to hear. Okay, well, only the other night I was listening to Six Music and this song came on Stuart McCorney's Freak Zone and they were called Kafuka or Kafuki and the Chinese and that song has just blown my mind. It's ten minutes long. I've never heard anything like it. I can't even tell you the name of the song. This is so hot off the press, but I've been listening to it last night okay. and it's the first time. It's like binary beats. And I, was and I could feel myself actually getting high on this music and it was ten minutes long and then I started to read up on YouTube and the internet about how music is so powerful. We don't realise the power. You know when they used to go, it's the devil's tool there's actually a little bit of not truth in that but apparently our brains are just like, like electricity and it's all frequency it's all vibrations and the music totally changes the shape of your brain it's just true mm-hmm. so if your brain is changing shape inside your head then obviously it's going to be changing moods and changing and that's all just coming from listening to sound which is well, i was um chatting to um a guy that uh, uh, one of the previous guests on here, um, Tim Dello, he owns Transgressive Records, mm. and I was chatting to him, and and uh, he, he's signed a band, and, and and they do something that apparently was pioneered around um, that, that's never really been spoken about uh, by Michael Jackson on one of the later later albums, yeah, um, which is using these frequencies and sounds that will trigger goosebumps. Really? And so you get a physical response yeah. to, 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 to something sort of sonically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't claim to be an expert in it at all, but cause not everybody gets goosebumps. No. And, <clears throat> uh, and, and, and do you get goosebumps? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to have goosebumps now. Do you remember earlier on I said I can do a great Richard O'Brien impersonation? Yes. Are you ready for a goosebump? I'm just going to pause, yeah? You ready for a goosebump? Always. With audio sonic goosebump? Do it. <clears throat> The darkness must go down the river of night streaming. Flow, Morpheus, flow, let the sunlight come streaming into my life. Are you ready for the goosebumps? Go for it. Into my life. There's a you know, I said I needed a wee. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think I might, have, I might have gone a bit now, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I got a bottle of water to go in. But, yeah, so Sonic Goosebumps there. Wonderful. So, if people want to find out all about what you've done and what you're doing, yeah. 
Where do they go? So the best place to go is, is to go to the internet. Um, if they go to YouTube, type in Ross Lee the Pranker. If they want to see me getting up to all sorts of crazy stunts, tricks, uh, pulling the wool over people's eyes, uh, doing crazy, th- crazy, crazy things. It was like a trigger happy TV, but on LSD. Okay. It's, it's, I'm proud of that, that, that show. Uh, if they want to watch um, me at my best, I would tell them to, to go to YouTube, Ross Lee Shoot, C-H-U-T-E, which was a show I did a while ago, which is the one in the bins of the BBC. Mm-hmm. But Instagram is where my personal private party is. Rossi Horror Show. Little, and there's little videos and there's links to stuff and there's and my art to do paintings and okay. what have you. And Richard O'Brien impersonations and I dress up as a spider on there a lot. And um, I used to chop heads off until recently because I'm because I, okay. I act. Yeah. Because I'm one of these. I'm either working or I'm not, which is a little bit infuriating. But at yeah. 46, I'm like, well, I've chosen this. If I'm not working, I'll probably be working. Fingers crossed in three weeks' time. So I play pinball and relax. I'm learning to relax. Yeah. But I do draw monsters. <clears throat> so I'd, I'd, I'd paint and draw. So if you like look, looking at weird cartoons and, and like I say, Mr. Bum's on there. And, uh, and then I've got a SoundCloud with, with some of my songs on, which is Skinny Malink SoundCloud. I'm working on a new song with a guitarist called Kevin Dean at the moment, and he's very, very good, and he's a water rat. And I was like, is that like um, a Masonic, sat- satanic sort of shaky hand thing. And he went, no, no, it's something to do with Laurel Nardi. I went, oh, all right, then that's the opposite. <laughs> so I've started writing a song, though, about Laurel Nardi becoming Satanist. I thought, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Called Cast Out. Laurel and Hardy cast out to the darkness, cast out to the nothing, cast out to the air. Laurel and Hardy cast out to the fire, cast out to the sea and you and me. And, and I put a Chuckle Brothers line in there as well. This is only from last night. I can't really remember it. But right. Check that out. That'll be on the SoundCloud. Are you all right if I tag you in everything when we put this out? Please tag me in everything, everything. And I do. I feel like I've been all right with you today, but I have. I wished I'd gone to the toilet. I was. In, I've had three coffees before I got here. And I, Pret, as soon as I see the word Pret, I think someone's hypnotised me. I go Pret. Oh, coffees. Give them three pound. Rossley, this has been the most batshit uh, podcast I've ever done. And Lovely, it's been an absolute joy. Lovely. Well, can I just say you're very lucky because I was going to dress up for you today, and I was gonna, really? I was just gonna get like a little box shaved out of the front of my scalp here, oh, okay. and I was gonna get PVC plastic right there, so you could see my brain while wow. we while we were doing well, this. You didn't like because well, oh, because you know. oh, I was a bit annoyed that you, I was thinking you might expect that. Yeah. No, I, no, no, no. I didn't know what to expect. And, I, uh, I bought some LED lights, and I thought what I can do is, as soon as you're shocked by the fact that these doors open and I've got this yeah. this brain, I'll just pull a little switch at the back of my trousers, and yeah. these LED lights can flash, and you can see uh, cuckoo. I mean, oh, no one's yeah. done. Someone's going to do it. People are getting holes cut out of their ears, holes cut, you know, legs, necks stretched. I think it's. What's the thing when I drill into the skull? Trapeoctomy. Trapeoctomy. I've always fancied that. I yeah. think, yeah. Have you got anything that you could just knock in? I think we've got a corkscrew somewhere. Stick a corkscrew in, and if I'm, st- <laughs> if I'm still smiling after two minutes, we'll call it a day. Ross, thanks so much, mate. God bless. There you go. Thank you very much uh, for listening, and thank you ever so much to Ross. It was uh, as a great chat. Um, yeah, it was re- really kind of him to make the effort to come down, and I hope you got as much enjoyment out of it uh, as I did hosting it. All right, so we're done for today. Uh, all the blurb I said at the beginning about going and checking out the Patreon and going and checking out. 
podbiblemag.com. Um, go and have a little look. Um, please subscribe to this podcast if you see us on the socials because we're on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter and all of that lot. Um, give us a like, love, reshare, tweet and, and whatever you do over there. That would be smashing. Um, have a lovely week and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Eat him.